Today I am going to be reading out of the book of Philippians, the third chapter. Something that um, stands out to me this morning that I want to share with you from a very familiar text for a lot of folks. I'll, I'll start by just reading verse 13, 14, and 15 of Philippians 3, and then here in a little while we'll come back and look at the previous verses. But let's, let's look together, Philippians 3, verse 13. It says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything be uh, otherwise minded, if you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Now, this text has uh, no doubt been covered extensively uh, time and time again for, for many people. And, and you are here today recalling sermons, recalling messages, recalling times that, that someone went to this text and, and there are parts of this that stand out to you more than, than other parts. And, and I'm not sure that I will reveal anything to you that you, that you do not already know, but I may present it to you in a way that you haven't heard before. So uh, I, I, I want you to stay engaged for a little while as we go through these few verses. And, and I, I'm coming back and, and reading over them again just to highlight a few things. And if you are uh, prone to marking in your Bible, I want you to mark a few things. Philippians 3.13, uh, I have it underlined here. And, and what I have underlined is I count not myself. I count not myself. The next word that I have underlined is forgetting. Forgetting. And then from there, um, the word is reaching. I have reaching underlined and, and then press. I count not myself. And then forgetting, reaching, and press or pressing. And then one, one other area that I have highlighted here is as many as be perfect, be thus minded. As many as be perfect, be thus minded. And so from, from these highlighted parts of, of, of the few verses here, I want to preach to you for a little while from this thought. Perfection is a mindset. Perfection is a mindset. All right, God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing a few moments here as uh, we read through the text People that think they are something, 
interest me. They may or may not be something, but just to think that they are something is kind of amusing. In fact, I've, I've met people, come across people that think they are something when they are really not something, I, I label them as ego-driven. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just, just ego. They, they reek of, of ego, and they're driven by, by ego. Sometimes even getting to the place where uh, they're very condescending and arrogant, if you will, rude to some degree, and, and honestly, obnoxious. Everybody say obnoxious. People that are ego-driven are obnoxious. They just kind of get on your nerves and they get under your skin. And honestly, they're, they're not easy to be around. I like to be around people who are easy to be around. I'm not fond of being around people who are ego-driven, condescending, arrogant, rude, and obnoxious. Now, I'm saying all that to say this. The Apostle Paul could have easily fit into that role. Because when you recount his life, when you just look back at his life, and you really don't have to look too far, he had a prestigious background. And sometimes people that come from uh, prestigious beginnings can easily get to that, that, that category of being ego-driven. And it's, it's very uh, humbling to be around people who have a pre- uh, prestigious background, but they don't come across condescending, arrogant, rude, or obnoxious. They're easy. They're easy to be around. Now, when when I look at this, um, Paul had a past that he could have easily relied totally upon. He could have, without much effort at all, felt empowered to utilize his past. But he didn't. In fact, this is, this is what the Scripture says, the first verse of Philippians 3. We read 13, 14, 15. But when you back up to the first verse, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. He said to write the same things to you. To me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. All right, that's, that's a good thing. Beware of evil workers. Beware of concision. Uh, for we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus. And here's another portion of Scripture that is underlined for me. Have no confidence in the flesh. He said, uh, I'm a part of the group that has no confidence in the flesh. Though, and this is underlined, though I might also have confidence in the flesh. He said, I I have reason and, and I have history 
and I have proof and I have example to put confidence in the flesh, but if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof, he might trust in the flesh, I more. He's saying if anybody has the past, the beginning, the example, the experience to put confidence in the flesh, he said whoever they are, line them up, I have that even more. If I, if I wanted to, I could rely on the flesh because there is, there is something substantial there in my particular background. And that's what he's writing about. And then he, then he says, in, just in case, I'm adding this, in case you didn't know, let me just tell you a little bit about it. And he said, circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Then it's underlined for me. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. He said, here is where I came from. Here is my beginning. This is the foundation that I base my life on. Now, let me explain some of the things I've been involved in. And he talks about persecution. He talks about the law. He talks about pushing this, if you will, Judaism forward. And he's explaining all of that. And then he comes down to, to this. But what things were gained to me, my name, my lineage, my heritage, my past, my experience my career, my efforts. He, he brings it all together. All of those things that I could uh, look at as gain in my life. Some people are saying if I had the name, if I had the job, if I had the money, if I had the experience, then everything would be different. He's naming all of that. He said I had the name, I had the past, I had the experience, I had the job, I proved it, I lived it out. I have all of this but I count all of that stuff that was gained as loss for Christ. Man, when you began to think about this, of, of what he could have relied on, what he could have depended on, what he could have put confidence in, he said, I count all of that uh, for loss, uh, just as loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I underline for me, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. He said, all of that is loss, and what matters to me is to know Him. Amen. Just to have this knowledge of Christ, the excellency there, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. I had a pastor a few, a few days ago, not just, just, just not long, in the last week, week and a half, say to me, he said, in my ministry I have gone bankrupt three times. And he said, people I pastor have no clue but I've gone bankrupt three times. And he said, every time I've gone bankrupt, it's been for the work of God. He said, I, I, I don't say that. I don't preach that. I don't tell them that. But I've lost everything three different times over the years for the ministry. 
cover the obligations, to pay the bills, to make sure everything's done, mortgaging everything I have, letting it all go. When he was saying that, I, 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 I was thinking to myself, some people have no clue what others have done for the cause. Not, not because he was frivolous with money, not because he was leveraged with fun and excitement and entertainment and travel, but because he was trying to move the kingdom forward, trying to establish something, trying. I, I, I'm not saying that uh, everyone should and needs to do that. I'm just trying to say that when you read stuff like this, he said, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge. He said, I've lost some things along the way. Things that I could have held on to. Things that I could have relied on. Things that could have propped me up. Things that could have kept it all together for me. I could be sitting in a different position. I could be at a different place. I could be in a different location, if you will, and stay at the stage of life I'm in. He said, but I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Sometimes you have to read in here and know that people suffer the loss of friendship. They suffer the loss of family. They suffer the loss of health. They suffer the loss of of many times ease of life. They suffer the loss of career. They suffer the loss of friendship. They suffer the loss of all kinds of things. but, But they don't say, I feel sorry for me. See how bad I have it. They're just looking at it saying, yes, I've lost some things along the way. We oftentimes want to preach about what we gain along the way and what we get along the way and what we will receive along the way. But let me tell you, there's another side to this. And just as much as you receive, you will sacrifice along the way. So when loss comes, that's not a moment to give up on God. It's a moment to understand there will be ups and there will be downs. There will be people who hang around and there will be people that go. There will be people that support and there will be people that condemn. There will be moments that you rejoice and shout and there will be moments that you weep and mourn. It's all part of the process and if you don't get this in your mind, you will never get to where God wants you to go. He's saying this, I've suffered the loss of all things. And then, and do, and it's underlined. I'm just mentioning this to you. He said, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. I'm not here in this place saying, oh, look at my family, look at my friends, look at my career, look at what I could have had. I can't believe this. I just love, feel sorry. He didn't say, no, he said, I count all that as waste. I'm not going to spend all my time focusing what I've lost along the way. I'm going to spend my time knowing that it was worth it that I might win Christ. (laughs) That, that, That if I had to let that go to hold on to Him, then I'm letting that go. If that relationship was pulling me away from winning Him, then that relationship, I just count it as a waste and I move on toward Him. If that job, if that position, if that... Anybody hearing me today? Whatever it is, if you're still holding on to it, saying, I really want to win Christ, but I love all this stuff. You will never win Christ holding on to all of that. You have to look at it as, yes, I could have relied on it, but I consider it as waste because something better 
is being offered to me. it's, It's amazing as you read a little bit of his life. He goes on, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him. I, I read this, this verse, and I think about my father, because this was probably one of his uh, favorite verses in the Scripture, that I may know him. I don't even know how many times I heard him say this, talk this, preach this. Uh, recount this, that I may know Him. My Father was about knowing Him. That I may know Him. It goes on, and the power of His resurrection. Do you know that you can't have a resurrection without a death? And so when you say, I want to know the Lord, then you are saying, whatever I have to go through, if it costs me everything, if it feels like death in my life, that I may know Him. If I'm ever going to enjoy the power of His resurrection, then I have to also know the sting of death that can come into your life. The death of things you were dreaming about. The death of things you were holding on to. The death of things you were investing in. The death of things that you were working on. That yes, it died, but if you're going to know the power of the resurrection, you have to live through a few moments and days, if you will, of death. He goes on, and the fellowship of His suffering that I may know Him. I want to know about the resurrection, but I also want to know about suffering. Not everybody says that. Not everybody feels that way. Not everyone is willing to embrace that. But if you're going to know Him, then you realize there will be a time of suffering. And when you're suffering, remember that it's the fellowship of suffering. You're not suffering alone, but you're suffering in fellowship with one that has already been through it. So don't feel sorry for yourself. And don't feel alone in your struggle. You are knowing Him. And there's fellowship that can come in suffering. And being made conformable unto His death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained. Either were already perfect, but I follow after. Amen. If that I may apprehend. I want to apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. And then we get to the verses I read to you uh, in the beginning when we were in verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself. He, He tells all of this about his life. He tells all of this about his experiences. He talks about where he came from, what he could have relied on. His family, his heritage, the the experiences of his life. And then he says this, I count not myself. Man, I count not myself. This is interesting. Because I I know a story in Scripture that, that you're familiar with. It's in 2 Kings 5. And it goes from the first verse all the way down through verse 14, there's a man by the name of Naaman. He's a captain of the host of the king of Syria. He's a great man, the Bible said, with his master. He's honorable uh, because by him the Lord had given deliverance to Syria. This man is gifted. This man is a leader. This man is uh, honored. This man is highly favored. He's a man of valor, but the Bible tells us He's a leper. He has all of these things, okay? Name, position, 
recognition. Just like, just like Paul that I've been talking about had all of this stuff. Naaman had stuff too. He had things that he could rely on. He had things that he could depend on. Well, Syria is free because of me. I, the king recognizes me. He's an honorable man. He's a good man, if you will. He's a captain. He has position. He has notoriety. But he has leprosy. And he's suffering. And he's struggling. And, and, and the story plays out that he's not sure what to do because he knows that leprosy ultimately is going to strip all of that other stuff away from him. It, it, before long, that, that recognition and that notoriety and his position and all the honor and his place would be taken from him because of the disease in his life. He's, he's not someone uh, that's no, just in the middle of nowhere doing nothing, not going anywhere. He's a man that is, in, is high ranking and he has a lot of attention on him. But he has this need in his life. He, he's, he's a leper and he's struggling. He doesn't know what to do in the story plays out that there happens to be a little lady working in his home that, that says to him, well, I know a prophet. I, I can tell you that there's someone you could turn to. And maybe if you'll go talk to him, he can tell you what you need to do. Naaman is like, me? Me? Go? Go? go where? Who? And, and, and finally he goes, knocks on the door, trying to find out what to do. And the prophet doesn't even come to the door, just sends the word. Tell him to go, to go wash, tell him to go dip in the Jordan. Tell him to go do that seven times. Well, Naaman, he said to tell you that what you need to do is go down to the Jordan and you need to dip in that water seven times. And, and the Jordan, some would say, was, was, was not a place that you wanted to go and, and, and take an afternoon bath. It was, it was a place that if you were not sick already, you would be sick if you got in it and came out. And, and he's saying, what, what do you mean? He's telling me to go to the Jordan and where, where all the waste is and where, all, where all the trash is and where all the disease is. and where, uh, Go to the Jordan. He has the audacity to tell me to go to the Jordan? Does he know who I am? Does he know my position? Does he know that I'm honored? Does he know that Syria is free because of me? Does he even know who stands? He doesn't have he doesn't have the gall to walk to the door and face me and talk to me, but he'll say go wash in the Jordan. Who in the world does he think he is? I'm not going to the Jordan. I refuse to do this. Wish I would have never heard you recommend me go find this man. And he gets in his chariot and heads home. Because here's someone saying, it's not that I can sacrifice everything I have. Here's someone saying, I'm going to hold on to who I am. Although, he was going to lose it all anyways. This is interesting to me. People hold on to stuff that ultimately is going to be their downfall. People hold on to things and say, this is important in my life. I can't let this go. 
thinking that's their, that their security is in that, but the truth of the matter is whatever it is they're holding on to will own them, and when it gets through with them, it will abandon them and leave them right where they are. He's saying, I'm an honorable man, serious free because of me. The king recognizes me. I, I, I'm not getting in the joy. He is relying upon his past. What Paul was talking about not doing, Naaman did. And he's riding along and someone comes alongside him saying, Naaman, hey Naaman, listen, if he would have said something, if he would have told you to do some great thing, because you're a great man and you have everything together, would you have done that? Hey Naaman, listen to me Naaman. Would, would you, if he would have said go do... Well, yes, if he would have said go do some great thing, well, of course I would have done that. But this is degrading. And this is, this is looking as though I count everything as lost. This is looking as though I'm just ridding myself of all reputation and all possession and all position and everything I have. That means sacrificing everything. If I go get in the filthy Jordan and they're saying, but wouldn't you have done it if he just said something? Do something great? Yes, I would have done that. Then, then what's the problem with just going and seeing if it'll work. <laughs> and the, the Scripture goes on and tells us, I, I love kind of the, the, the end of the, of the verse. It says, so, so he turns away and he goes, went away in his rage. A servant came near and spake to him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather then when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean. Then, then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. See, in his mind, everybody say mindset. Say mindset. Mindset for Naaman was, you can't be perfect getting in the Jordan. Mindset was, get in the Jordan and you're no longer perfect. You've sacrificed everything. You've lost all recognition. You've contaminated your own body. Mindset was, you can't do this. Perfection is act like everything's okay. Act like you have it all together. Be recognized and that's perfection. Then you have him finally saying, because someone convinces him, just try it. And he goes and the Bible said he comes out and his flesh is like a child's flesh. He's completely clean. I'm preaching to you today about perfection is a mindset. See, sometimes people get arrogant and sometimes people get lifted up and they think they have everything together and everything's worked out and I'm all in control. And, and you know what you and I do? We try our best to get away from that mindset because it's condescending and you can see behind the facade. You can see on the other side of the curtain. They're acting like everything's, to, everything's great. But you know at home all hell is breaking loose. They're acting though that, that, that they're arrogant and they're prideful and they have it all. Here he is dying from leprosy. He is being eaten up and has so much pride. He's saying, I'm not going to the Jordan. I'm not going because he was relying on his past. 
Now you have the flip side of that. You have the Apostle Paul who has all of those same things that he talked about of being able to rely on. And he says, I don't, I don't count any of that stuff worthy to be compared to him. I just let it all go. Because his mindset was this. It's all about Christ. And if I'm ever going to be what he wants me to be, I cannot rely on where I came from or what my name is or, or what's happened in my past. I have to live in the moment right now that he's in charge of my life. Pride, pride many times and entitlement will repel the miraculous from happening in your life. If you want miracles to happen in your life, then do whatever you have to do to get pride out of your heart. If you want miracles to transpire in your marriage, on your job, in your home, then don't walk around like you are entitled to everything. Walk into the service saying, I realize if it wasn't for the grace of God, if God had not been on my side, I wouldn't have the strength in my body I wouldn't have a mind that I have I would not have a knowledge that I have I wouldn't have the favor and the blessing we cannot live as though we're entitled to everything because when you act as though you're entitled and when you live with arrogance and pride in your life it repels the things of God it causes the miraculous to stay at bay I want the miraculous in my life I want the favor of God in my life so it doesn't matter what my name is it doesn't matter where I came from it doesn't matter what family I was born into it doesn't matter my experiences what matters is I'm trying to win him and I'm cutting everything else loose and not relying on those things I can't I, I can't rely on those things and get to where God wants me to go and so so Paul said it this way he said I count not myself please hear me today because those words stand out in my spirit and have for a while I count not myself there's so many people that that's all they do is count themselves that's all they think about is themselves it's the only thing that dominates their everyday life on and on and on it's them it's their life it's where they came from it's their survival it's their family it's their past it's their history it's their struggle it's their, their it's all about them he said I count not myself I'm not going to spend my life thinking about me I wish I could in a very kind way David will let me just get a hold of every one of you and shake you real good and just say, listen to pastor today. It's not about you. Quit thinking about you. Quit counting you. Quit considering you. Well, I should and I, I ought to and that better. No, 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 no. He said, I count not myself. I take myself out of the equation. I remove me out of the entire picture. Man, that is hard to do. How many knows that? It's hard to get me out of the way. It's hard not to consider me in everything that's going on in life. How is this going to affect me? What is this going to do to me? Where am I going to end? It, our lives are dominated by the consideration 
of ourselves. And everything that Paul was writing about came down to that. You want to know the key of it, the key to his life? I count not myself. The key to his ministry, the key to his effectiveness, the key to what he did in the kingdom, I count not myself. People that only think of themselves will never do anything for God. Never. And they'll never do anything that'll make a difference in anyone else's life. He said, I count not myself. We preach. We preach. We preach this part. This is the part we like. This one thing I do, forgetting. This one thing I do, reaching. This one thing I do, pressing. That's what you hear preached all the time. That's what we always preach. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. I reach for toward those things. Are you hear me? This is the message over and over. I forget. I reach. I press. But I'm here to tell you, you will never be able to forget. You will never be able to reach. You will never be able to press until you count not yourself. As long as you are in the mix, forgetting, reaching, pressing will never transpire in your life. Forgetting, reaching, pressing are three completely different things. And you can never forget your past if all you do is consider yourself. Pastor, how can I get over my past? Forget yourself. I was done. I love myself. You don't know how hard I've worked to get here. Yeah, he said, I count all that as dung. Well, I've worked hard. I came from a rough upbringing. I was raised across the tracks. and I, I know all that. But you will never forget the things that hold you in prison until you take you out of the equation. When you, when you, when you no longer count you, you can forget stuff that happened yesterday. You can move on. When you get you out of the mix, you'll start reaching for things that a God has put in your heart. And you'll go to places you've never been before. But as long as you are there, it keeps you from reaching. And then you'll never press. Reaching is one thing. Pressing is something completely different. Reaching is, I may reach for... You reach for cupcakes. I reach for dumbbells. You can reach for a dumbbell, but you will never press the dumbbell. See, there's a difference in reaching for something and actually pressing something. You will never, I will never, be able to forget, reach, or press as long as I'm feeling entitled. As long as pride is in control of my life. You know what Jesus said in Luke? Probably one of my uh, uh, top few statements that He made. This is what Jesus said in Luke 9.23. And He said to them all, If any man will come after Me, 
See, that's what Paul was saying. I'm after Him. I'm going to win Christ. I want to know Him. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to apprehend the one that apprehended me. I'm trying to get a hold of what got a hold of me. That's what he's writing about. Jesus said, if you're coming after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Deny daily. Everybody say, deny daily. You can read the other gospel writers. They didn't add daily in there. Matthew wrote about it. Mark wrote about it. But they didn't say the daily part. Luke was the only one that said the daily part. He said, may I add, or can I just tell you, that you can't do this just one time. You can't deny yourself in the altar. So I gave my life to the Lord 20 years ago. I denied my flesh then. No, you get up every day saying, you are not in charge today. You are not controlling today. You will not dominate my mind today. You will not be in control of me today. I will deny my flesh every day because I'm trying to win Christ. I'm trying to follow Him. I'm trying to apprehend the one that apprehended me. I, I, I love, I love how, how He goes on and, and, and He's telling us in these things that counting yourself will always get in the way of forgetting. Counting yourself will always get in the way of reaching. Counting yourself will always get in the way of Pressing. But notice what he said. And, and i got to talk to you for a moment uh, uh, here at the end. Norma, put verse 15 up of our, uh, of, of our text. I, w- I want to just kind of bring this out and, and bring it to a close. No, Philippians 3. Philippians 3, 15. Just, just give me 15 real quick. And, and let me show you how this ties together. So he's talking about forgetting, reaching, Pressing, and then he says this. How many times do you hear this preached? Let us, therefore, he's talking about all the, I, this one thing I do. As many as be perfect, he said, all right, let us therefore be what? Thus minded. What minded? Quit counting yourself. So if you're going to be perfect, people say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm striving for perfection. I'm trying to be what God wants me. I'm going to be perfect. The only way to ever get to what God wants you to be is when you let your mind set be changed. It has to be changed to this. It's no longer about me. I cannot keep counting myself, considering myself bringing me up into every equation and get to where God wants me to be. See, if you're going to be perfect, you have to take on, let them be thus mine. It's a mindset. You know people, it doesn't matter what happens in their life. They've already convinced themselves that they're, they've got it rough, things are bad, they're never going to survive, it's always gloom, doom, horrible, Going under, not going to survive. There's some people I talk to, I know what's coming out of their mouth before they even open their mouth. Because it's their mindset. It's, they, they could get a million dollars and it wouldn't be enough. They, everything could be, the doctor could say, clean bill of health, they'd still, but I, I've still got this ingrown toenail that's about to dry. I'm going to say, 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? He said, as long as your mind is fixed on, well, I came from this family and I deserve this and my name is that and I have this experience and that ought to happen to me and, and we're condescending, we're arrogant, we're rude, we're obnoxious in the things of God and God said, if you want to get to the place where you're walking in perfection, then let the mindset no longer be about you, but let it be about forgetting all that other stuff. Just let me win Christ. Just let me somehow find a connection with Him and get to the place where I'm in a walk and relationship with Him. Perfection comes from this mindset. And if you don't have it, notice what the rest of the verse. Norman, give me the verse back because I want to show you the end of it. He's talking about his mindset and he says this, and if anything ye be otherwise minded. So if you, are, if you are thinking any other way, he said, God shall reveal even this. Huh. So, so if you don't have this mindset I'm preaching about, guess what? You can't hide it. Everybody sees it. It's revealed. You're arrogant. You're rude. You're obnoxious, you're full of pride, you're entitled, you think everybody loves you, everybody's sick of you. Hello, somebody help me for a moment. If I'm not preaching to you, say amen and help me. Encourage me to get the pe to the people I am preaching about. But when you're quiet, it lets me know that maybe I am preaching to you. When you're saying amen, then I'm like, yes, I have a few on my side today. He said, if you're not minded like this, how? Forgetting you, then it's revealed that everybody knows it's all about you. And there's some people that think, like I started with 30 minutes ago or so, it's all about them. And he said, if you want to be perfect, if you want to attain, if you want to if you want to acquire, if you want to reach, then you cannot count yourself. Let's stand together. God, help me to deny my flesh every day. Help me in the moments when I think I, sh I deserve it, I should receive it. I can depend on it. It'll always be there. It'll when I first started into ministry and I began to evangelize, I had some people that they were, they were jealous, easy way to say it, jealous because of some of the places I was preaching and some of the doors that, had, that were open for me to travel to. They didn't have the same open door, they didn't have the same opportunities and it's not just in in the world, it's in the church too and how'd you get in there and how, why'd they invite you and and I remembered way back then, yes I had the conversation with people yes, my father my father knew a lot of these people and those people knew me because of my father's name and People had been in our home and people I had gone with my father to their churches and 
maybe were strangers to some, but kind of felt like family to me just because of my father and his name and doors that were open. And I had people, well, I don't have a dad that opened the door for me. And I have people like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I had to come to the realization that my name, I didn't ask to be born into this. I was born into this. And, and the name that I have, yes, it, it did open some doors and it, and it opened the doors many times in the beginning. It, this is what I found out. It opens the door one time. That's it. If you ever go back, it won't be on that name. It'll be on your name. And so I had to get to the place where thankful for the doors that opened the first time, but even more thankful for the doors that opened the second time. It would have been easy for me to just pull some strings and call people and, as they would say in the deep south, saddle up to people. Just saddle up to people and shake the right hands and talk to the right people and drop the right names and continue, but, but it's not about that. I, I, I pray that you're hearing me today. Every one of us could rely on things of yesterday but the only way we can get where God wants us to go is when we cut all of those things loose and we began to pursue Him it's in that moment that we'll forget reach and press perfection is a mindset and I made my mind up it doesn't matter who comes. It doesn't matter who goes. It doesn't matter who offers, who serves, who holds out, who has an attitude, who's supportive. I'm not worried about any of that. All I'm trying to do is win Christ. All I'm trying to do is one day hear Him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. All I'm trying to do is make sure my mind stays on pleasing Him and not trying to build up the flesh. Is there anybody here today that would say, Pastor, you're preaching to me and maybe you'll come out from where you're standing and just make your way down to this altar for a few moments and, and let's stand here together with our hands and voices raised to Him and give Him honor.